from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and what a great guest we have for you today. Allison Powers is joining us. Allison, it is a true honor to speak with you. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. Now, Allison, we're going to be talking about uh, getting ready for the upcoming season, but want to give a little bit of background on you. Uh, you're like the most amazing athlete I know who nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> I'm not sure whether to say thank you. <laughs> but thank you. Yes, I, I did accomplish a lot of things that I'm very proud of. And of course people have heard of you, but you did something a few years ago that I am just blown away with. I don't know that anyone else has even matched this, but you were the national criterium champion you were the national road race champion and the national time trials uh champion all in the same year how did yes. you do that um i i just am that good george oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no it came um i was really i mean luck obviously in preparation i feel like when those go together good things can happen but both um, for all the events, I had a really good team behind me. Um, you know, road road racing, road bike racing is very much a team sport. Um, and I feel like it was definitely the team as well as myself who helped me win the criterium and the road race. And then the time trial, I had a really great director who helped me figure out my head game um, so that I could race up to my potential. So it was, it was really a, a whole village effort. And yes, I do want to get into training, but what was that like for you when you realized, hey, if I win this, I can get a real hat trick? And I don't know that that's ever been done before. Uh, but what were your nerves like? Well, it was actually before I left for nationals. Um, I already had the crit title. Um, my husband said, you know, you could come home with all three titles. And I was like, no, you're crazy. Um, and really, I, I was just focusing on the time trial. That was the first the first race, and I won it. Um, and it, uh, it did not even cross my mind that I would win the road race. It that just was never a goal. It's not, not something I specifically trained for. But again, the teamwork and the really smart racing. And right before I crossed the finish line, I, I remember feeling kind of bad, actually, for all the other racers because I was hoarding all the national titles. <laughs> You are so nice. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your ski background, because you were a member of the U.S. ski team before you became a, a professional bike racer. Yes, I grew up um, at Winter Park Resort being a, a ski racer. My parents were ski patrollers. They've been ski patrollers for 40 years. Um, and they put my sister and I in the race program so that we'd A, be like babysat, and B, would learn how to ski. Um, so yeah, I, I loved ski racing and the competitive part of it and made the U.S. ski team when I was 17 um, and stayed there till I was 24 when I pretty much injuries had knocked me out, unfortunately. But that happens to a lot of downhillers. Uh, but that's how I found the bike. And so one thing led to another and then I was racing bikes. So it all worked out okay. And now, Allison, you're working as a ski school supervisor and also teaching Nordic skiing, correct? Yes, at Eldora Mountain Resort. Last year was my first winter doing that. And I do hope to go back this winter and, and do it again, but be better at it this time. 
And you also own a coaching business. Yes, a cycling coaching business called Alp Cycles Coaching. And I've been doing that since 2009. So it's, it's been a long time. But I just really enjoy helping people and teaching people. And I have so much knowledge on sport that I like sharing it with others. Well, we would love for you to help us by giving us some advice on what can we do. It's now September 1st. The season is rapidly approaching. And, you know, I just kind of took it easy this summer. I didn't do a whole lot. And I was always thinking, yeah, I need to start exercising. And boom, all of a sudden it's here. What can we do over the next eight weeks that can at least get our bodies a little bit in tune for the upcoming season? for sure. Um, And with any kind of training, consistency is the most important thing. Um, So I'm a big fan of varying the training. I also really think strength training is very important um, for skiing and snowboarding and Nordicking too, for that matter. Um, it, It builds up good muscle and durability. You know, when you're out there teaching and skiing all day long it can be very tiring and when you get tired is when you get hurt or ski poorly um so doing doing some strength training two to three times a week um i would say ride your bike the other days but some people like to run or hike but just really trying to do something every day that's that's physical um and then progressing it every week if that makes sense. So, you know, you don't want to start full gas next week and then burn yourself out and be so sore that you're going to stop and and then not do it for two weeks. So gradually build up exercise week after week and then every fourth week or so take a a rest and recovery week to let your body get strong um, so you can do it all again. And is this something that's good to keep up throughout the season when, you know, now uh, those of us who are full-time, it's exhausting when you come home at the end of the day. Uh, folks who have a full-time job and then teach part-time or peak part-time, again, it's really filling up the schedule. How can we manage to maintain that fitness throughout the season? Yes, I, I remember when I came after teaching my first day at the Nordic Center and I came home and thought I was going to do a strength workout and got like one exercise in and thought, F this, I'm not ready to have wine. Um, so, And it's hard because you never know how long your day is going to be, how many lessons you're going to teach or how cold it's going to be. So I started doing my workouts in the morning, um, which meant I was getting up at 5.15 and working out from 6 to 7. Um, but then it was done. And, and then I felt a lot better about it and I could come home in the evenings and just relax and recover for the next day. You know, that was something for me. I would come home at the end of the day. I'm trying to get ready for a big bike race in June. And I would jump on the trainer and just be so tired. I really couldn't do the workout that I had wanted to do. And I thought, am I just wasting time spinning on this? Uh, I'm also old and really need to recover. Is recovery better? And all that going on. Is it good for us to get a coach? Um, well, me being a coach, I would say most definitely yes. <laughs> um, but really, it's, you know, being, if you're a person who's very self-motivated, um, I feel like you can follow some sort of training plan and be good. Like, here here you go, go do it for the next month or two. But there's a, most people are not self-motivated and they need a little help and a little guidance. And that's where a coach can be really helpful. Um, to teach you how to learn 
how to listen to your body um, and design training based on what you're doing throughout the week. So again, we really have eight weeks until November gets here and uh, some resorts are going to be opening even earlier than that. But you're saying that really a mixture of cardio and strength would be a good thing to do. Yes, for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, I think if if anyone does anything, just going out and, and going for runs or hikes or bike rides. But in my mind, the strength training really pays off and it's something you can do all winter long in the dark, dark days of December and January. Um, and it's really, I think the strength training for skiing is the most beneficial. And for driven individuals, and I think there are a lot of driven indiv- individuals in this profession, it's so difficult not to pick up kind of where you left off. Um, you know, ah, I used to be able to do this. How do we come into that uh, exercise program that we're trying to get going here at the beginning of September with realistic expectations? How can we tone that down at the beginning, as you were saying? Um, your ego, you have to leave it at the door. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're going to a gym, you leave your ego in the car. If you're going just to your spare bedroom, you leave your ego in the kitchen and be okay with doing body weight exercises at first. Um, because, yes, if you start doing lunges or squats with heavy, heavy weight, you're going to be so sore and not be able to lift again for like a week. And then you lose that consistency that I talked about. So if you can just start small with body weight and be okay with it, you know, be okay with yourself lifting no weight or very little. And then each week progressing, that feels a lot more rewarding than going in and doing it once and not going again. Now, one thing I really think of with strength training is proper form. That is very important. Is that not correct? That's very correct, yes. And how can we, again, individually work on having the correct form when we're doing these exercises? So that's where, you know, again, having a coach would be helpful um, or even one, one session with a strength coach or a personal trainer to get, say, like, hey, um, here, I, I give me a plan for a month and go through the exercises with me so I know what to do. Um, that's a really good investment in yourself because, yeah, so many people you say strength training and they walk into a gym and they have no idea what to do. Um, you know, what, what are the best exercises for skiing or snowboarding or Nordic skiing and how do you do them and how many sets? So, again, that's where just having some guidance can really pay off. And any tips for us on how to make that schedule and make it work? Because it can be really tough to fit out that fit in that workout plan in our day. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, you know, I've been getting up early in the morning and, and riding my bike, and now it's getting colder up here at eighty three hundred feet, and it's also staying dark until six thirty and maybe even seven. It's kind of like, oh, I really need to put my lights on. we've got to become aware of, again, making that schedule and fitting it into our busy schedules that we have. How can we make that a priority? So I I like how you mentioned just getting up and doing it first. Um, Because the the later you push the exercise later into the day, there's a better chance that it won't happen. Um, Unless you're meeting someone, you know, right now before the time change happens, it stays light till eight-ish now. So 
if you're meeting a friend at 6.30 or, or 6 for a bike ride, um, that I bet there's a good chance that will happen because you're meeting that person as opposed to it just getting pushed to the side. Um, or, yeah, making making workouts that you can do in the morning during when it's dark, like the strength training, or maybe you can go for a shorter run um, or put the lights on because it's still not super cold yet on the bike. You know, it's funny because I didn't go out this morning. I was like, ah, you know, I'll have my interview with Allison and go out afterward. And now it's cold and raining. <laughs> right. Yeah, then it might not happen. Yes. <laughs> Trainer. <laughs> well, Allison, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us this evening. And uh, would love to have a few more of these where we could maybe get a little more specific. I, I think that would be great. Thank you. Yes. Allison Powers joining us on First Chair from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.